Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coinsierge Club, Mobile Private Key Wallet, and Point of Sale Solution. Episode is also brought to us by Cryptocurrent Conference coming in New Orleans March 14th and 15th, the very first crypto and blockchain conference in New Orleans for 2019. Get your tickets today at www.crypto-currentconf.co. All right, so let's take a look at what's going on. New protocol I heard about called Mimblewimble. Now, Mimblewimble, many of you that may be Harry Potter aficionados uh, have heard of before, but has the world of Harry Potter entered the cryptocurrency space? Kind of, sort of, right? Uh, Mimblewimble is a spell that stops people from spilling secrets. Now, in the crypto space, it's a technology that, block, that stops blockchains from blabbing personal information. Many people who think Bitcoin is private are surprised when they find out otherwise. You know, just because it doesn't disclose names, um, those that have got better at using Bitcoin data can de-anonymize it. You know, basically they can tell who's using it. So even Satoshi Nakamoto talked about the privacy limitations in the Bitcoin white paper in the section called privacy. So privacy coins can solve many of the privacy problems or some of the problems, but it forces the user to convert to an altcoin that could be more volatile. So what I'm gonna do in this episode today is I'm gonna talk a little bit about what is the Mimblewimble protocol, try to describe it to the best of my ability, and then look at two different uh, projects that are building using Mimblewimble protocol. One of them being a project called Grin, and another one is a project called Bean. They're, they're similar in some ways and different in others, and we'll talk about that further on in the episode. So Mimblewimble, a proposal for a Bitcoin-like blockchain that could be implemented as a side chain or potentially as an extension block scheme that would that would be like an integrated side chain. So number one was a protocol that was put forward by an anonymous user in a Bitcoin developer's chat room by the name of Tom Elvis, uh, Jaduzer. Now that's the French name of a fictional Harry Potter character, Voldemort, right? So Jaduzer uh, left a link to a white paper in which he outlines that by using the member one protocol, the scalability as well as privacy of the Bitcoin network could significantly be enhanced. Now, this is not something you just slap on top of the Bitcoin protocol, which, you know, is kind of my question. Why didn't they just look at doing that? Uh, I found a video of Andreas Antonopoulos on YouTube talking briefly, just briefly about Mimblewimble saying that it's, uh, you know, it's being implemented, but it's not something that you can just slap on top of Bitcoin protocol, although they are trying to find ways to implement that into Bitcoin. The two projects we're going to talk about later on in the episode both use the Mimblewimble protocol, but they launched their own main nets and they will be running their own cryptocurrency, uh, which is, uh, you know, apart from Bitcoin itself. Uh, so now Bitcoin tells three secrets about every transaction, right? Where the privacy comes in, what people want to hide are the three secrets, which are the sender's address, the amount of coins sent, and the receiver's address. Um, Bitcoin doesn't reveal these because it hates privacy. It reveals them because any money system, gold, cash, order, has to fulfill two requirements. You know, it, it has to verify the amount received is equal to the amount sent. A cryptocurrency would be hopelessly broken if we could make a transaction sending one coin from one address and receiving two at another address. So I put five Bitcoin in a send, and five Bitcoins show up, and five show up in, in your wallet, then I lose five, you gain five. 
Uh, no money is created from thin air during a transaction and then vanishes. So number two, you cannot initiate a transfer from your bank account, but rather only from my own, right? So you can only originate it from your own. So Bitcoin fulfills the two requirements by spilling the three secrets above, which we mentioned, your sender's address, amount of coins sent, and a receiver's address. The transaction ledger contains the amount and the receiver's address in plain text. So if one, one Bitcoin is sent, we can also see that one is received. Bitcoin's use of public addresses to correspond to private keys. Uh, Bitcoin uses, excuse me, public addresses to correspond to private keys of ownership. So Mimblewimble fulfills the two verifications without spilling any of the three secrets that we talked about above. So to break it down simply, there's encryption involved. It's in a complex math problem. It hides the unknown of the multiplication problem, which makes it difficult to decipher. By disclosing the missing factors of the math problem, we prove who holds the private keys. The, you know, the, the missing um, information from the math problem is shared to both sides, which allows a transaction to go through, but it hides that information of the addresses where it was sent and also how much was sent. So member one with the sender and receiver come up with a number by taking the amount of Bitcoin and multiplying by the random big number, then adding that to the key times the big number in a process known as Peterson commitment. Uh, so don't worry about so much how this happens, right? When you execute something, unless you're building code, which most of you aren't, you don't really need to understand how it works just have a basic understanding, right? You don't need to know every little intricacy, but that is, you know, that is how, how it happens. So by disclosing the missing factors, the math problem, we prove who holds the private keys. So remember one, will the sender and receiver come up with a number by taking the amount of Bitcoin, multiplying it by the random big number, adding it, you know, you know, times the big number. So, uh, you know, just realize it hides the amount by multiplying a big number and contains a private key part. You don't worry, worry about understanding how most electronics in your house work, so don't really worry too much about understanding exactly how this works, just know that it works. So an explanation I just mentioned is just to kind of help you understand the privacy aspect of it. So note that the sender and receiver both participate in creating the transaction. It's very different from Bitcoin. It gets around the need to blab the recipient's address but makes it necessary for some other way for the sender to reach the recipient. So Beam, which is one of those we talked about, includes a secure BBS system uh, separate from Beam blockchain to allow sender and recipient to exchange their Peterson commitments. So outside of the, the chain, Beam allows you to share that information outside of the chain so both can interpret um, the send transaction that will happen on the blockchain. One of the requirements of the money system is that the amount received minus the amount sent must equal zero, right? If, if anything, other than that happens, then something's broken. Your monetary system is broken. So the biggest part of the equation that counts is that the amount sent equals the amount received. Doesn't matter what amount is, which is why it doesn't need to be disclosed, right? Because if the complex math problem works on both sides, then it should equal zero. Plus, once the amounts cancel out and it's removed, we're left with the private key information still hidden in the transaction. Um, and then, so, Mimblewimble arguably achieves Bitcoin's goal better than Bitcoin itself. Certainly, privacy is a goal, right? So unlike some privacy coins, um, which kind of work on top of Bitcoin, Mimblewimble achieves it by cutting. So one of the most exciting things about Mimblewimble is that it's a scalable solution. If it were to be active on Bitcoin since day one, the blockchain would be somewhat bigger, by quite a few gigabytes than it is now. Now, compared to other solutions, 
like confidential transactions, very positive results since CT activated since day one would add up to a terabyte of blockchain data, which would bog down a lot of systems. So, and even member Wimble can get data heavy. So there are some different protocols in Beam and Grin that are designed to lighten the blockchain load. Now, Memo also has disadvantages as it removes Bitcoin's functionality by removing scripts. Um, developers are searching ways of allowing Bitcoin to retain its functionality in the Memo scheme, which is why you're probably seeing some variations come out with different cryptocurrencies instead of seeing this as a, an added protocol to the Bitcoin blockchain. So if it's implemented, it's most likely it will be as a side chain or as a separate altcoin, as we're mentioning, that's pretty much what's happening. So Beam, what is Beam? Beam is a memorable implementation focused on privacy, scalability, and opt-in auditability. So Beam's main net to implement memorable launched just the other day. So just launched on January 3rd. Um, you can expect many improvements and upgrades to this protocol as time goes on, but now the question is how many will adopt this new technology? Now Beam and Grin are the two that I mentioned, right? Now Grin, has actually been in the works for over you know, a couple years now. But Grin is a community project. And Grin, only Grin, there's, both projects are not doing an ICO. There's no pre-mined, um, you know, they, they all have protocols to get this out there. Grin is completely funded by the community. They are funded through donations and they also have a store where they, where they sell swag, right? You can buy hats, shirts, all kind of other stuff. You can even pay in crypto. But that's how they raise their money, community. So it took them longer to get to scale, whereas Beam uh, actually garnered some venture capitalist funds and launched just in March of last year and has already launched their mainnet January 3rd. Grin is another mainnet that's launching on January 15th. And it is toted as the lightweight and private Mimblewimble blockchain. So the main difference that we see on the surface is that Grin claims to be scalable by not storing most of the post-transaction data, so it doesn't get bogged down long-term. Grin's not using an ICO, like I mentioned before, or a pre-mine. Project is fully funded by donations and swag, um, and you can even get discounts. So if you pay in crypto, you get discounts. And, and they have, you can tell which crypto they value the most because it shows in the discounts. In other words, if you pay with a Monero, you get a 30% discount, but if you pay with, say, Bitcoin, I think it was only like 15 or 20%, um, you know. And so far, privacy has always been introduced at the detriment of scalability. A lot of privacy um, protocols really slow down the scalability. And what Grin is looking to do is to change that. Um, and that, that's all, that was, you know, that was basically, you know, a quote from the pseudonymous a Grin developer known as Ignatius uh, Peverelli. So, and uh, so, whereas Grin followed a highly principled cypherpunk ideology, um, no token pre-mine, ICO, uh, and all volunteer-based development, uh, Beam, like I mentioned before, had gathered some VC funding and hired a team of developers to work on the software full-time, allowing it to speed ahead of Grin in its implementation. As we mentioned before, Grin started two years ago, Beam started back in March last year, and Beam has already got their mainnet launched as of a few days ago, and we're hoping to see Grin launch next week. So, Grin prides itself on its large community. It's been under active development since 2016. So, according to the open source code repository GitHub, which is where you see a lot of different things in here, its primary core developers 
are Antioch, Antioch Peverell, Gary Yu, Hashmap, Ignotus Peverell, Quentin LaSheller, and Yeast Plume. So names that don't really mean a whole lot, but that's who's working on it. And it stemmed from a community that formed organically around the tech following the announcement of Mimblewimble throughout 2016 and became closely associated with the underlying technology. So as we mentioned, Beam entered the space back in March 2018. It takes example from privacy-centric cryptocurrency Zcash, maintaining a corporate structure and funneling a portion of the block reward into a foundation to support the blockchain's development. Uh, so Beam is a professional effort to create privacy coin. There is an alignment of incentives within the block rewards that the project won't die. Uh, so in this regard, Grin takes a more takes a different approach, relying on community funding that's similar to the one utilized by the Monero project, and you know, it's a less reliable income source. Grin sees it as an advantage that ultimately increases the security of the project. So Quorum, who is someone that works you know works on the Beam protocol from the Beam team, said that he hopes to see Mimblewimble implemented as trustless, privacy-centric sidechain for other cryptocurrencies, adding. Mimblewimble is putting the pressure on other cryptocurrencies to adapt and find the right trade-off, creating a net positive to the ecosystem. So a uh, whole lot going on here. The reason I wanted to bring this up, because my next episode, I will dig a little bit more into privacy coins, what they are, why they matter. But uh, this is a couple of interesting projects. Now, I'm not giving any financial advice or investment advice, but as we see the launch of Grin and Beam, and as these projects scale, if, you, if it looks like something that you're very interested in, you may want to do some more digging in it to it, maybe even hold some coins. It is mineable. Um, you know, one of them, as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, Grin is looking to be more of a GPU mine and Beam is looking to be an ASIC mine. But even the ASIC resistance that's coming with Grin is only set out for about 12 months and it really just gives GPU miners a head start. Um, but we'll see that, you know, kind of adapt and change over time. Uh, still a lot, you know, a lot to happen. It's still early in these projects, but if you're looking for startups, looking for something with potential, I do see privacy coins as a huge, huge mover in the crypto space over the next couple of years. So already looking at the likes of, you know, Zcash is my personal favorite so far. Monero is right up there. But then when you look at some of these other ones that are coming out with Grin and Beam, I will be taking a look at that, seeing if it's worth throwing some capital into those projects. Uh, and and going from there. So uh, that's it. You know, uh, I don't know if anybody counted how many times I said Mimble Wimble today. I never thought I'd be saying something like that on a crypto podcast. Um, you know, but you know, my, my wife is the uh, the Harry Potter expert, so you know she's she's heard it quite a few times. I had to look it up to see exactly what it was. Uh, but saw a few people posting about Mimble Wimble. Decided to do a deep dive and see really what it is. So, you know, what we talked, what I talked about here was a combination of about probably 10 different articles that were written and whether it's, you know, on, on blog sites, on posts, or, or just a couple of them found straight from Grin and Beam's website that talk about their projects and what Mimblewimble is. So, um, you know, funny word, fun to say, but you may see this become an implemented protocol in many future cryptos, uh, but only time will tell. So, I want to thank you all for listening in. Uh, thanks for listening on this episode. We will catch you on the next episode.